Hey, welcome to Locked On Lakers for a Thursday. Andy Kamenetsky joined by friend of the show in the network, the great Howard Beck, coming up a big picture look at the Lakers 2023 season in the books and what lies ahead in a critical offseason. That's all next on Locked On Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks to everyone for making Locked On Lakers your first listen Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, always free, never behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can join a community of over 17,000 subscribers. Talk with each other, leave comments for us. We often use them. During shows for talking points, it is always really appreciated. Also, want to let you know that Locked On Lakers is brought to you today by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And with all that rigmarole now out of the way, we get to the man of the hour uh, subbing in for my brother Brian, mercifully. We have the insider's insider, the pride of the region of California that Howard grew up in that always escapes me every time I ever see him, <laughs> the great Howard Beck. Howard, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Thank you, as always, for the kind introduction. That region, that elusive region you're referring to uh, would be uh, what is commonly known as the San Francisco Bay Area. Capital oh, B, capital that, A. That little hub. How's it, how's um, it doing? Yeah. No, there it's, you know, it's it's a plucky, underachieving kind of region. You know, they're hoping to overtake mm-hmm. Fresno one of these days. Um, did, they, did, they, did they ever get an industry takeoff over there? Any, anything going on they're, business-wise? They're, they're, they're working on some things. They're working on some things. Like, yeah, just give them some time. They're, you know, they're, they're a little experimental there. But uh, well, South San Jose. take off and they could sp- actually start raising the rents over there. Like, maybe make the cost <laughs> of living go up if if the town finally explodes. I um, I the, the funny thing is, like, so I grew up in, in South San Jose, right? So I grew up in Silicon Valley. And it was, like, mm-hmm. when my parents moved there when I was, like, a baby. Like, it was pre-Silicon Valley, or maybe it was, like, the first early aspects of that. So um, I uh, I was immersed in that. It's it's in my it's in my bloodstream. Um, probably not a healthy thing to have in your bloodstream <laughs> when it comes right down to it. But you know, it's what it is. Yeah, it's probably healthier than a lot of things in my bloodstream. But anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that I want to get into, including glad we're not t- drug tested for this this network. You know, no, no. And, and my excuse is always going to be I live in California. State laws override David Locke's <laughs> laws. But want to get into. Uh, um, your take on a recent contention from Lakers legend and NBA icon, the logo Jerry West, involving Kobe Bryant and the end of the Kobe Shaq era, a contention that, frankly, I'm having a hard time believing. But you covered those teams on a daily basis in L.A., so I want to get your perspective. But first, I want to get your take, Howard, on a topic from yesterday's show, which is what the finals tell us about the Lakers, the, the Nuggets beat the Heat in, I think, more or less the same level of competitiveness as their previous series against the Lakers. And just curious what you think that says about where the Lakers stand across the league in terms of their competitiveness, You know whether they should be essentially looking 
to run it back? Should they be considered an elite team, a tier below, all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Look, I mean, at the most basic pragmatic level, they're kind of pot committed to what they got. You're going to ride out the LeBron thing until LeBron decides to retire or until uh, LeBron says, I want to be traded. I'm not predicting that's going to happen or anything, but like you're, this is it. It's the, it's the LeBron, LeBron show until further notice. And as long as it's the, 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 the LeBron show, it's probably the LeBron and Anthony Davis show. Well, there's most of your payroll. <laughs> so we can talk about, are you chasing the nuggets? We can talk about, are you having to brace yourself for what the Suns may become now that they have a full offseason to build around Kevin Durant? Are we bracing for uh, you know another Warriors revival? You can look across the field of Western Conference powers and potential powers, Grizzlies, Kings, whoever, and say, well, how do we deal with that group? But I don't, I just don't think, I don't think they can approach it that way because they already have their, their core They're the, you know, you know who, who you have, you know, what LeBron and Anthony Davis do at their best. You know what the best kind of complimentary players are, even though you often stray from that. Um, but I think, look, they chose their path in February. They traded Westbrook, traded some other guys. They got a, a more functional supporting cast. They finished the season pretty strong. They got smoked by the eventual champions. Um, I, I think the tough part is that, you know, obviously the Nuggets are now champions. They are young. There's no reason to think any significant piece is going to be lost. I mean, there's you know a couple free agents here and there. Like there, there's there's always a potential for something. And if you wanted to try to like, I, I know like a theme that was building over the course of the finals was you know I can't remember who who had touched on this, maybe a couple of people did like Michael Porter Jr. You know, like, you know, we, there's still some questions about, you know, just his, his overall makeup and has he going to be satisfied in this kind of role? And now he's not shooting well and he's got a massive contract. Is this a problem down the line too soon for any of that stuff? The nuggets, if they just run it back are going to be right in the thick of things. Again, I'm not predicting a repeat. Those are hard, but they're probably the team you're chasing, but you can't look at them and say, that's the model or that is we, you know, how do we deal with that? Because they may not be the, the team that you have to ultimately go through next spring. Um, the Nuggets will emerge or will be, uh, you know, penciled in as favorites going into the next season because that's the deference you get as a champion as long as you are still young and your team's together and both things are, those boxes are checked. But look, you and I both know how rare repeats are. We will all pick the Nuggets probably in October, barring anything unforeseen. But the odds are they're not going to repeat. The Bucks didn't repeat. The Lakers in twenty from twenty twenty didn't repeat. Um, you know the the Warriors from twenty twenty two did not repeat. Like more often than not, especially now, no one does. So you can't go all in on well. What do we do about Nikola Jokic? I think it should be in the back of your mind. If that's the team that just smoked you, swept you in the conference finals, I think you got to at least consider the possibility that you have to go through them again. You are a championship or bust team. But there's only so much flexibility they have with regard to salary cap and and, and options. How much, how much concern do you think Laker fans should have about the Western Conference that that Western Conference Finals appearance being the less the last best chance of the LeBron era? Just given where LeBron is chronologically, and you know the the concerns that always follow Anthony Davis. But just like the idea of, you know, you mentioned it's rare to repeat. It's rare to be in a position to win a championship. Like I think particularly from a Laker fan's perspective, you sometimes 
lose sight of just winning's hard. Winning is really difficult in this league. The, like that concern level that the Lakers, you know, maybe even unexpectedly had their opportunity in front of them and they weren't able to cash in, and it may not get any better than that. There's absolutely the possibility that the Lakers peaked by making the conference finals, and I'll still say it was worth it to me. Oh, like, sure. I, I, you know, I, I was of the position, as you know, all along that they should be all in, do whatever you can in whatever remaining years you have of LeBron James to build the best possible team. And if that means getting to the conference finals and getting swept, so be it. At least you tried. At least you made a run. Um, and it put them in better position for next season because probably they're keeping most of those guys they got. So all that said, like there's no guarantee they're back in the conference finals or beyond next spring, but you don't, there are no guarantees in this league, period. Um, I, I think it's dangerous to put too much stock in who they were after the trade deadline. And there's been some, as you, I'm sure you saw too, some NBA Twitter chatter about trying to assess like what what happens in March and April in the NBA and how real some of that is because of just the way that teams start you know, pivoting to their youth and everything else. Like you don't want to, say, well, they, they, the Lakers finished, they got, they got their business done. They're fine. You know, just roll it back with these guys. But they were a great defensive team during that stretch. Uh, They They legitimately played well. Like I I don't don't think, particularly when you consider they didn't have LeBron for a lot of it. I think what they did was impressive. There's, so there's like the unknowns when we when we look at that sweep and how much st- so like there's how much stock to place in the team that they built after the trade deadline then there's this how much stock do we put in the getting swept by the nuggets when lebron is on like one foot and i don't know is he is he getting surgery yet like uh, I, we don't know the, the the lebron james of feet he doesn't put his business out there for his clients you know you, he 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 moves in in secrecy like pasta or whatever that meme was <laughs> he's also the lebron james of secrecy he is um Dennis Schroeder will eventually tell us what happened. Dennis puts all of LeBron's <laughs> health just out there publicly. Dennis is always in the know. Someone has to. The glass half full version for Laker fans and the Lakers would be, well, we just need a healthy LeBron. But, you know, look, that's every year that is a massive variable, as, as with Anthony Davis. Um, but healthy LeBron and maybe if that team had been longer, uh, been together longer before they get to the Nuggets series – Maybe they got a better chance. Maybe nobody was going to beat the Nuggets, period. You know, everybody's sitting here now going like, ah, well, the Heat were, you know, not exactly the strongest team in the... No, they weren't. Like, the Celtics and Bucks, were, I still think were better. Like, all right, they beat them both, fine. But, like, I, I think the Nuggets would have had a tougher time against the Celtics and Bucks. They probably went anyway. I don't know. You know, I, it's... I don't care about those hypotheticals. It, it's not relevant and it's certainly not relevant to where their championship ranks or the legitimacy of all, the, all that stuff is like bs discussions but i bring it up just to say that like the nuggets like every champion in the moment look unbeatable and if you're the team that got swept by them you think well if we just run it back how are we supposed to beat them the next time there's a there's a lot of just circumstance in this league and again healthy lebron healthy anthony davis full season with that group they're probably a lot stronger and more tied together have more trust and understanding of each other built in I don't know if that is enough to beat the Nuggets or not, but you're not getting a Nikola Jokic stopper tomorrow. I don't know that one exists. I don't know what it would look like. Um, and so you just build the best team as you can. Yeah, and and there's also the question, too, of just how the team the Lakers build this offseason, whether something 
unexpectedly brand new or running it back, how it stacks up against the West. The West this year was very unusual, very fluid. So coming up next, want to get your take on what you are anticipating as the state of the West in the Western Conference. Talk about that with Howard Beck coming up next. But first, want to let you know, Locked on Lakers brought to you by Game Time. Years ago, some friends of mine and I, we went to go see LL Cool J in LA, really last minute, the old House of Blues that no longer exists. We had no idea how to get tickets, so we ended up buying them from a scalper. These tickets were fake, man. And we ended up randomly, through just some luck, getting into this concert. But I vowed after that, I will never go to a scalper. And I don't ever have to do anything like that at the last minute because game time exists. They are the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy shows, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun. They offer images of seat views, which is really great. You don't want a bad angle. The lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. The game time guarantee means you will always have the best price, and if you get tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, the tickets go directly to your phone and you're set. So snag the tickets without the stress using Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On NBA for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, so it was a really unusual year in the West. Everyone sort of seemed pretty much the same as everyone else. and was difficult to figure out where teams stood. What are you anticipating next year in terms of the strength level of the West? Do you think this season sort of laid down a foundation of what we might see the next couple years in the West? Or do you think this was, for whatever reason, kind of an off year, but we're going to see something that feels a little bit more like an established pecking order. I think we're going to see more of the same, to be honest. Um, there's some really massive wild cards in this discussion. One is trying to figure out how teams are going to respond to the new CBA. I do expect this is going to be an absolutely chaotic summer. Like I just think so many teams are going to be trying to, to get their books in order, Absolutely. Yes. Flames. <laughs> um, I hope people are actually watching so they can see that stuff. Oh, um, they can. So teams are going to have to, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them are going to have to start looking ahead. Like not all the new penalties are coming in right away in the CBA, but still teams are going to be looking to get their books in order so that they're not triggering, you know, uh, the luxury tax or the next the next apron and all the things that you're going to lose and picks going on, all this crap that's going on with the new CBA, right? There's that part of it. There's the fact that the draft, which is coming up in a week here, has a lot of teams at the top that don't necessarily want to use those picks for themselves, either because they're already got enough young guys, or if you're the Portland Trailblazers, you're probably trying to add guys who can help Dame Lillard immediately, assuming you're not trading Lillard. And I don't think they are, but um, so there's just, there's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot of various market pressures and tax and cap pressures and all this that I just think is going to lead to um, a very active summer. So I don't know what these teams are going to look like in October, and I suspect some of them may look very, very differently. But Denver, Warriors, Grizzlies, Kings, Suns, Lakers, Clippers, the same group we were talking about all season in various forms of, uh, with a lot of what-ifs attached to several of them, same ones. Like the Suns have a lot of work to do, right? Like they may be trading DeAndre Ayton. 
they may or may not be waving and or trading and or stretching and something. I don't know, Chris Paul. Um, they're going to look very different. They they now they have a mission and they look clock may not be ticking quite as loudly on Kevin Durant as as LeBron James, although Durant hasn't had a full season without injury in years either. Um, but it's kind of the same thing. They're all in. They just traded everything they got to get him. So their summer is just dedicated to rebuilding a roster around him and Devin Booker. So I don't know what that looks like when it's all said and done, but I think the Suns are going to be a really good team when they're done replenishing around this new duo of Booker and Durant. Um, and, and look, the Clippers presumably are going to run it back, but I, I've heard at least some rumblings of the idea. And I, I said this on Locked On Clippers last week. I, I, I have had the case made to me, and I think there's a case to be made that they should trade Paul George. Um, Ooh. So I, I don't know if they'll go down that path, but it, it is an avenue they could pursue for various reasons. Um, but, or maybe they keep him and they keep Kawhi and everybody stays healthy and they're finally the team that everybody thought they'd be. The Grizzlies have this big John Morant question still. We should be getting that news any day now, any minute now, possibly by the end of this podcast for all I know. The Warriors are, are I don't know what they're going to do, but I think they're keeping the core together. I think maybe they trade Jordan Poole and try to replenish some of their, their uh, depth and bench strength in other ways. Um, the Kings... You know, I, I don't know where they go from here. I, I, it's possible they've already kind of maxed out with this group. And, and, you know, like, I don't mean maxed out. Like, there's they got young guys who will keep improving. Um, but they don't have a way to manufacture defense yet. And I think that that may be a, a big impediment. But still, they're going to be hovering around in, in that that top tier. And then, you know, will the Pelicans stay healthy enough to, to jump into the fray? Um, you know, how how good is, is the Thunder going to have a breakthrough year? I don't know that they're in the that can, that discussion at the top of the conference. But I think the group at the top is still the same seven teams we've been talking about. Denver, Golden State, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, the two LA teams. And I don't know how to sort that out, Andy. I I, I don't. Well, you know, you, you talked about the way the new CBA is going to start affecting immediately the way teams around the league spend. With that in mind, do you do you think there will be teams that look to test if not test the Lakers resolve in matching an offer for Austin Reeves and or Rui Hachimura, but just putting a test to them with a, with an offer to mess with their books moving forward, because especially now you don't have to wait like 72 hours for a team to match anything like that. You're talking about, you know, clogging up your own books with that offer sheet for like 24 hours. It's not as long a period, you know, Maybe you end up getting the player that you want in Austin or Rui, but if nothing else, you can mess with the Lakers cap sheet. Do you do you think there's any likelihood of that happening? Not for purposes of messing with the Lakers, but just for purposes of teams wanting those guys. Okay. And look, in, in let's talk about Austin Reeves first. Austin Reeves is a beyond the mid-level exception, any of the mid-level exceptions. We now have like 72 different mid-level exceptions <laughs> to go with our 15 aprons and, uh, you know, uh, oven mitts. Um, so cap room teams, those are your threats for Austin Reeves, right? Um, pulling from a recent update from Keith Smith, uh, Rockets league leading 57 million. Well, we know the Rockets are chasing veterans, James Harden, you know, primarily, and maybe Chris Middleton, maybe Brooke Lopez. Um, are the Rockets an Austin Reeves team? I, I don't know. I don't think so. 
Spurs, uh, again, citing Keith Smith's numbers here, San Antonio, 45.7 million. Uh, you know, the Spurs just got Wembenyama. Uh, they've got some other interesting young players at, at guard specifically. In fact, I don't know. They're an Austin Reeves team. The Jazz? Maybe. I don't know. Interesting. The Thunder? Ah, you know, the Thunder spending their cap room on Austin Reeves. Is that the, 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 the move they make now? Like, I think if they're going to spend it all, it would be on veteran veterans. Um not you know they've got plenty of of, of really uh, talented young guys, um, and then there's Orlando, Detroit, and Indiana who are all going to have some semblance of like not quite max room but but significant room over twenty million each. I don't I don't know like those are interesting possibilities. I wouldn't rule them out, but again, those are all young teams uh, that I, I think probably if they're going to spend would probably be spending on more established vets to kind of stabilize. And, and 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 balance the locker room and all the youth. Um, so it's possible. It's possible. Like, is one of those teams that I just named going to go all in on an Austin Reeves offer sheet? Maybe. Um, Hachimura is different because, like, I don't know exactly what his number would be this summer. But it's, I, it's really intriguing trying to figure this out, right? Because he he had such a reputational, I think research during this period with the Lakers. Uh, and this is the case with a lot of guys in the league. Of course, you just look different when you're playing next to superstars. Mm -hmm. You just, you look like a more functioning player when you're not one of 15 guys who are all somewhere between eh and okay. <laughs> all due respect to Bradley Beal, who often just isn't even playing, but um, yeah, you got to be on a functioning roster. And, and when you're playing next to LeBron and Anthony Davis, or when you're playing next to, you know, Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or whatever, like you just look different. So part of, of the, I think the calculus there is when we're thinking about, well, who's going to chase Rui Hachimura and how much are they going to pay him? They're probably not going to be one of those teams I just mentioned with all the cap room, because those are mostly younger teams where he's not playing off of a superstar or an established superstar. Um, so, you know, does a team that like, I'm trying to think of like who who might have like the full uh, non taxpayer mid level, which is what twelve or something million. Something like that, yeah. Um, you know, teams in that range. Could you get them for somewhere in that range? Like, I I feel like that's probably the case. I feel like Rui Hachimura is a non taxpayer mid level exception kind of investment, most likely. All right, We've got a couple more questions about the off season, but even before then, I want to get into this question of Jerry West. Kobe Bryant and whether Kobe could have ended up playing not just for a different team than the Lakers in 2004, but a radically different team than the Lakers that is coming up next. All right. So Howard, uh, Jerry West was recently on podcast P with Paul George, uh, Paul George's podcast. And they were talking about a wide range of topics, including a time in 2004, the offseason where, remember, Kobe went into free agency. It was right before Shaq ended up getting traded to Miami. Kobe ends up re-signing, new look Lakers, all that begins. But according to West, Kobe was considering leaving the Lakers, which we knew, you know, the Clippers were a possibility, but joining the Memphis Grizzlies. According to Jerry West, quote, he became a free agent, okay? And he called me, and his agent then was Rob Palinka. So I met them in Orange County in a hotel room, and he said he wanted to come to Memphis and play basketball. And I looked at him, and I said, are, are you kidding me? And he said, no. And I said, Kobe, no, no. You know, it's just 
you belong somewhere out here. And even though he would have never played there, I just wanted to reassure him that don't feel like you have any obligation with me or the Grizzlies to play here because he would have never played there. It wasn't going to happen. All right, look, Howard, for, for people who don't know, Howard covered the Kobe Shaq era on a day-in, day-out basis. He was around the team constantly, knew them as well as everyone. And by extension, you get to know Jerry West, who was around that. You, know, you get to know a lot of these people. I am not calling the logo a liar, Howard, but I'm kind of calling BS on the idea that any GM in freaking Memphis would tell Kobe Bryant, no, despite our great relationship, go play somewhere else but Memphis and, you know, really stay with the organization that ran me, Jerry West, the logo, and also the pettiest, most competitive man on the planet <laughs> out on a rail because the owner sided with the coach who threw me out of the locker room and was dating his daughter. Like I find this difficult to believe your thoughts, Howard. <laughs> oh boy. So um, maybe look, maybe the logo is misremembering some details. Well, it was a long time ago. Look, it, so when is he saying exactly this was 2004? This was uh, this in it free seems agency. Like, yeah, it seems like okay. this is when he's talking about because Kobe would have joined yeah. them. I, I don't think he's talking about the trade request. I think he is talking about right. 2004. Yeah, exactly. So in that time span, we know that Kobe had spent all season. Yes, because he said he became a free agent. Just yeah. to clarify. So this okay. is 2004. Um, that was my last year covering the Lakers with 304. Um, Kobe spent a lot of that season talking, you know, in, in private, you know, just threatening very, you know, teammates, coaches, exec, everybody around the, the Lake, the Lakers knew this. Kobe was talking about, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. But a lot of that was, you know, he and Shaq were, you know, ready to just, just destroy each other. They were at their, I think what was probably their absolute low point with each other. Um, and so Kobe said a lot of things along the way partially out of frustration and anger, partially because they wanted, or because, because he wanted to keep the pressure, I think, on them to invest in him. I know we've debated forever, it seems, whether Kobe's responsible for Shaq being traded. Um, there's at least a piece of it that's in there, clearly. It, it's, it's, it's not a non-issue. It's maybe not the sole reason. There were a lot. Of, there were definitely a lot of other reasons why they traded Shaq when they did. Um, it broke up. Kobe bears some responsibility for yeah, all breaking for sure. up he certainly does not bear all of the responsibility yeah. there's a lot of it to go around there were there were there were a lot of different factors but kobe was threatening all season to leave and pr primarily to go to the clippers and you know he has even said i think and there's been plenty of reporting about how close he came to possibly yeah. going to the clippers before that last uh meeting with with jerry bus um so we should never dismiss how ready kobe was to make a dramatic move the Grizzlies feel like a step too far. Like he's wanting to go down the hallway. I'm this is I don't mean that as a shot at Memphis, Andy. It's truly, like it's one thing to say, I'm gonna go to the Clippers. I can stay in LA. I can really stick it to you. They're a good team. They're they may be one me oh, away yeah. from being really great. Well, back then they had they had Elton Brand, they they had yeah. maybe Sam. Sam Cassell by that point, like they, they had a lot of good Corey. Brand for like sure. And I'm of, trying to remember the rest of it, but that, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a good decent, respectable team on the rise under Mike Dunleavy. Right. Yeah. And, um, 
and I, and Dunleavy and Kobe had a relationship. Like there were reasons to do that. It's one thing for him to say that he was this close to going to the to the Clippers, and it's one thing to say that Kobe was certainly in a in a headspace where he thought maybe I just need to break free from the Lakers and do my own thing because of all the stuff that's happened here. Um, it's another thing to say that he would have gone to Memphis, and I don't mean that as a shot at Memphis. I just mean that Kobe, like, there's a different kinds of stars in this league, right? Nikola Jokic will be perfectly happy to be flying under the radar in Denver for the rest of his career. Um, he, that's that's fine. He doesn't. I don't think he cares about national TV appearances. I don't think he cares about exposure, uh, credit, endorsements, commercial, any nothing. No. But Kobe did. Kobe cared about all the other stuff. Kobe yeah. also cared about winning very intensely, primarily. But Kobe wanted all the other stuff. You know, it's like Carmelo Anthony forcing his way from Denver to New York. Like guys seek out these markets. Chris Paul, they seek out these markets for a reason. Kobe was absolutely wired that way. The idea that he was going to, to go to a Grizzlies team with no legacy, no history of doing anything. Uh, I can't remember who, who was that. That was like still Shane Battier on that roster. Mike Miller. I, 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 I double I double checked. Uh, he would have been joining a team with Shane Battier, Pau Gasol. Yeah, young yeah. Pal. I mean, they they yeah. would have finally te- they would have teamed up just a little bit earlier, earlier. in a different city. But um, you know, Mike Miller, I think, was on the team. Like they had some good young players. The the, the biggest uh, piece in favor of uh, believing this is the relationship between Jerry and Kobe. But but that's okay. That's actually the part that I am calling BS on isn't even the idea of Kobe floating this. It's because, you know, Kobe was in, you mentioned, this was a very difficult period in Kobe's life. You know, all, all, you know, Colorado was happening, you know, the relationship between him and Shaq, like that, his relationship with Phil had grown really bad at, by that point. Like there was a lot happening for Kobe. Maybe he did think like, you know what? I want to re rebirth everything in the most dramatically different place possible. Like, let's just, concede that that part of it is possible the part i don't buy is jerry west the most sickly (laughs) competitive person on the planet saying like you know kobe this isn't right for you no no kobe like even if west is thinking there's no way in hell this guy's gonna actually do this that jerry west would not try at least to steer kobe towards him again away from the organization that we know jerry west is still upset with on a lot of levels this is like over 20 years ago he's still upset with them over a lot of this stuff i just find it impossible to believe that west who was you know cutthroat when it came to this stuff would not have at least tried you know to inception this thing into actually happening that's the part i don't buy (sighs) Uh, yeah, I mean, there there may be a little bit of Jerry West embellishment there for all we know. Um, but the <laughs> idea that Kobe... All respect to Jerry. All respect to Jerry West. Kobe's, Kobe's um, regard for Jerry West and the tight relationship they had, the mentor t- you know, type of, of role that Jerry West played. Um, Kobe sought out his counsel on a lot of things over the years. And I, I don't doubt that Kobe's regard for Jerry might lead Kobe in his frustration to say, maybe I should just come play for you guys. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's, you know, I trust you. I, 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 I think the world of you, 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 I know you can t- do this right. And I need to get the heck out of here. Like I can see that as, as some yes. form of that conversation happening um, without him necessarily ever being totally committed to the idea. And so I'm going to, I'm going to pull back one step from where you're landing on this. So you're landing on the, uh, 
it's BS that Jerry said this. I'm going to say that because Kobe wouldn't have ever gone all the way to the point of actually making this a formal kind of request or let's do this, there was never reason for Jerry to be in a position to say no. Mm -hmm. How about that? Interesting. Interesting. So now meeting. he's not. A, now he's not a liar, and I can. <laughs> we can take Andy slander off the board for <laughs> insulting the Again, logo. All respect to Jerry West. He is, you know, he is an all-time Laker great, an all-time NBA great. I just find this scenario of him saying, "No, Kobe, you stay put." Totally implausible. The great Howard Beck, friend of the show. I'm sure he will be joining us again at some point, or at least I hope he will at some point over this offseason, my friend. It is always great to have you. Always great being here, Andy. Thanks, man. All right. So Brian will be rejoining us on Friday. We will be taking you into the weekend. Until then, everybody be good. See you then.